Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. That's what friends are for, for good times and bad times. I'll be on your side forevermore. I love that song. That's a good song. Somebody else can do it better than me. Pull that guy up. Who did that song? I think that was Dionne Warwick. That was Dionne Warwick. Oh, yeah. It's It's in my hotkeys. Wow. Okay, on it. You got it. Oh. oh. And then uh, Stevie Wonder is in it as well. Classic. Stevie's in this? Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he comes in as a support. And I never thought I'd feel this way. Yeah, that's how it goes. And as far as you didn't I'm sound a whole lot like Dionne Warwick. Hey, easy now. Do you tell your friends that you love them? Uh, sometimes. I do too. It's a good thing to do. It is a good thing to do. Beautiful song. What a it voice. Is. Here it comes. Keep smiling. Smile. Keep shining. Ooh. Going Kurt Franklin on me here, dude. <laughs> Come on, Kurt. Good times and bad times. Come on, put some mustard on it. You ain't Kurt that way. I don't know all the words. How do you not know this song? I know this song. I just don't know all the words. You do it. Hold on. Super Die's got a piece right here. All right, Ellie. Oh, this is Super Die. Oh, yeah, she's going. warmed up early. Wow. She does this on the way in. Well, you came and opened me. That's not Stevie, bad. man. Oh, so good. And so by the way, keep it going. Crank it up, man. Turn it up. FM Moody Radio. Yeah, just so you know. Just so you know. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. Keep shining. Shining. Knowing you can always count on me. Counting on me right Get here. Get him, Stevie. Get him. That's what friends are for. In good times. In mediocre times. good stuff. Garland Crew Mornings here talking about a warning sign and that's not traveling alone and this is this is a great, what a great tune, huh? Ah, oh, so good. We can play that a few more times. I love okay. that. I remember my older sister used to sing that in a, as a duet when she was in high school, so I just think of her and her friend, they would stand up at like events. I don't know why this was the song. But they, multiple times they ended up performing this song and it was like, oh, thinking of Erica. Oh, man, Beautiful song. Yeah. Good stuff. See, I can put songs on loop tape all day long. Like one like that, if I'm getting in the groove on it, I'll play that it's thing so a few good. times. Absolutely. It's so good. And they cement little memories in your in your head. They you talked really about do. your the song that you heard for the first time. Uh, when Bobby Yeah. It's 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 amazing the power away. of music that it it good and bad. It cements yeah. good memories. It can take you back to a place that you don't really want to oh, go yeah. back to. I got some songs. You play them, man. I get PTSD. Sure. It's like, whoa, let's sure. get out of that one.
Okay, it's Carlin Crew Mornings here, guys. We're talking about the warning sign of walking alone. Woe to the person. Woe to the person. I love this right out of Ecclesiastes. Woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. I was thinking about this coming in early this morning. This aloneness thing has really bad downstream effects. And it manifests itself in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into what it is to find and cultivate friendships this morning for sure. But it's got everything from just loneliness of heart and pain to compromise morals. You know, you look at some of the chili dippers that leaders are taken, spiritual leaders have taken over the years. And, and let me always put a caveat here. For everyone that has fallen down at the knees of Molech, substitute God, there are many that have not bowed a knee sure. to Baal. Many. So always keep that in perspective. It's easy to get really cynical, mm-hmm. but don't don't let that happen. But having run in circles and having been at the risk of running alone, you've got to force yourself out of that position where you're alone or or it's going to be destructive and it will manifest itself in a lot of ways but a lot of these guys that that melt down as spiritual leaders or uh, political leaders you name it it's because they're just alone they're not known mm-hmm. I, I promise you guys i know these guys it just aren't known and there's a lot of reasons for it but the onus is on us to move and find and fall on our knees and find these friends so we're going to talk about this coming up here today we're going to talk about it in a minute and a half we're going to get after this what do we have to do to bust out of isolation we want to hear from you boom crew what do we do to bust out of isolation what are your ideas how do we go find friends we live in such a pained culture today that is so alone so we'll go ahead and open up the phone line tell us what what did you do to find friends how has God opened up the door to friendships for you? Give us give us what's worked for you. 312-274-9624. Thank you for being a friend. Man. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Carlin Crew Mornings here, helping you take your next step with Jesus. Finding friends is a big one for sure. And so we're going to be tackling this here today. Come on, guys, light up the phone lines. How in the world did you find a friend? I mean a true friend, somebody who can pick you up when you fall down, keep you warm. It's an analogy out of Ecclesiastes. It's not weird. It's actually really profound. Haven't been a winter camper for a lot of years. Let me tell you something. There's nothing like putting two sleeping bags up against one another. I don't care if that dude laying next to you is one hairy booger. Doesn't matter. Get him in a sleeping bag. Get him next to you. You stay warm. And uh, that's the analogy that we find in Ecclesiastes 4. And then somebody's got your back. You don't want to get into a street fight alone. And that's that's what is said in Ecclesiastes 4. How relevant is the word of God, by the way? You fall down, somebody to pick you up. You're, you know, you're cold, somebody to keep you warm. You got a street fight, somebody to help you there. There was this commercial back in the day, and it kind of became iconic. And there was somebody who was alone, and they would and they fell. It was an older woman in the commercial. And do you remember this commercial? Help, I can't get I'm up. I'm falling, and I can't get up, I'm right? I'm falling, and I can't get up. And it became iconic. But life alert. It was for life alert. And yes. it was this idea that if you fall and you're alone— you want to have a way to get to send a, a alert for somebody to help you, right? Yeah. 
Big time. There's, and this is a fear that a lot of people have, particularly as they get older, that the physical fear of falling and nobody's there to help me up. But I think we fail to appreciate that it's not just a physical risk, that there's the spiritual risk of falling and not having anybody to pick us up, falling spiritually, falling into discouragement, falling into habits or hangups and being isolated and not having anybody to lift us up. Yeah, and we got to be there for people. The question is, how do we do that? We're going to we we are opening the phone lines right now. Bright and early, guys. Let's roll. We're asking you to jump in here and say, how in the world are we going to find friends? And your your discovery is going to be someone else's revelation. I need you to hear me. Your discovery is going to be someone else's revelation where it's like, yes, this is what I did. And by the way, we don't have the corner on the market on all the ideas in here. We put them on a whiteboard. We've got 72 ideas. We need 73 and 74 to call in right now. I like that. Right now. 312-274-9624. Give us a call, Boom Crew. How are we going to get out of isolation? Help someone. How did you find a friend? And I'm really wanting to find someone who felt alone, and they're like, how am I going to get this resolved? And you found a way. God gave you a way to find someone who was there to pick you up. For me, I, you you may be like me out there where uh, being alone doesn't bother you for the majority of the time all that much. My personality, I'm kind of okay with being alone for most of the time. And so, you know, I never really took the time to invest because I was doing okay. Uh, and it wasn't until I came across some own some of my own personal troubles where I wasn't OK with being alone anymore. I didn't have anybody to talk to about some of the things I wanted to talk to. No, no confidants to confide in. And I realized then, hey, I may be OK with being alone, but it is not good for me to be alone. It's not OK to be alone. It's not OK to be alone. And so I had to take the time to be disciplined and intentional about reaching out to people. And for some people, that is all that it takes. For me, that's what it was. I had to say, you know what? I'm going to take the time to reach out to people on my own, not wait for them to reach out to me. And I'm going to start, I'm going to start initiating building a relationship here because I need people in my life and I want to make sure I have them. Boom. It's a great word, young thunder. Yeah. So who were these people that uh, you reached out to? So I reached out to uh, particularly one. It's funny. I met this guy through uh, my wife and her work friend. Okay. Uh, she's, you know, her, her work friend is married to this guy. And I got to know him a little bit. And so I decided, you know what? I, I'm going to reach out to him and not wait for like a group hangout. I'm, I'm going to see, huh. you know, if he wants to get together, you know, by ourselves. And so it's sometimes it's those things, those people that, hey, I, I have their number in my phone. I don't know him very well. We kind of text every now and then. I'm going to initiate, you know, try to deepen this relationship. I love it. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. It's a picture of the way it should go down. We want your ideas right now, Boom Crew. Come on, light them up. What has worked for you? How has God shown you and introduced you to new friends? How have you made friends? 312-274-9624. Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Who is your friend? How did you find them? It's that simple because a lot of people are struggling today going, where in the world do we find friends? This is why... Social apps are taking off. This is why guys are creating platforms to connect people in marketplace because they don't find them. 
You know, there was a I, I made reference to this uh, death of the bowling alley. It was a book written like 10 years ago. I think that's the name of it. And it looks at the social constructs where we used to find friends. Okay. Mm. And that's a great metaphor, by the way. Well, it turns out to be super prophetic because it was written 10 years ago when things were kind of on the skids, but post-COVID and everything, right. even pre-COVID, now where we are as a, as a nation and as a people, isolation's never been so high, guys. It's, it's becoming a mental health crisis is what a lot of people are calling it. And we see fentanyl overdoses and we see a lot of pain, a lot of suicides. The amount of suicides, there's a billboard driving in on the 90 that's just like, oh, I mean, the amount of suicides in our city mm. are staggering. Yeah. And you've got to ask the question, what's going on? Well, at a, at a very core level, somebody's heart is not being discovered here. Mm-hmm. We're not able to process things that are going on inside of us. And in the body of Christ, we should be leading the charge on this thing. And some of you are, and we want to know about you. How did you make friends? Think about it. Think back to a time when you were isolated and lonely How did God lead you into friendships? Very practically, where, who, when? Tell us, 312-274-9624. Stacy from Chicago, what do you say, Stace? Hey, a little bit earlier I got in the car and you asked about, like, how we can build connection. Yeah. I actually really struggle with building connection. It's never really been a part of my personality to know how to connect. But in 2023, the Lord has been dealing with me with the power of submission and the kinds of things that he can do that we can't do when we submit. He's like the hand and we're the glove. And when we let him like fit in us, he can do really cool things. So I've been finding really in the last three days that I walk up to a person and I know what to say. And usually it's actually not a whole thing to say. It's more like a hi or like a gesture or like a, how are you? It's not about like, for me, connecting has been about what should I say to you, but it's more like how can I set you up so that you can say something to me huh. so that you feel seen and you feel heard because I connected with you on something that was important to you. I Powerful. think I was leading with I connect to you on something that's important to me, but it's actually been the reverse in the last three days. I need to connect with you about something that's important to you, so how can I set you up so that you get to say something to me that lets me know what's important so I can connect to that. I love that. That's that is beyond, really, really cool. Very insightful. It's beyond powerful, Stacy. That's killer, sister. That is awesome. You keep cranking out there. We need you on the streets of Chicagoland, okay? Amen. All right, Stacy. Thank you for calling in this morning. Boom. Right there. Boom, boom, boom. Taking your calls right now, guys. How have you found friends? How did you make friends? 312-274-9624. Living life for Jesus and having a blast in the process. We're calling Crew Mornings. Yeah, man, this is great. We got a lot of calls coming in here this morning. This is super. We got seven lines available. When I say a lot, when we've got three calls coming in at six twenty-eight, we're doing good here, guys. Jim That's in right. Chicago, what do you say? How'd you find a friend, man? We can't be alone, can we? No. Hello, Carl. Thanks for uh, getting me on. Hey, I was. I lived in the town for eighteen years. Went off to college for the first time, away from people. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what do I do? I went from a big high school to a little Christian college. I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I was praying all the way there. And I, what I realized was the Lord just spoke to me very clearly. He said, be a friend. Just be a friend. That's all you need to do. And that's what I started on that campus. And and to the funny part is, um, to add a point is, they ended up 
um, trying to vote me in as chaplain of the class. Um, and so, <laughs> praise God. That was God's power of just, you just got to be a friend. To, and that's what I keep trying to do the rest of my life. That's beautiful, I'm now Jim. I'm 71 and I love it. Oh, that's awesome, Jim. You're you're rocking at 71. I'm proud of you, brother. Boom to you, man. That is that is just tremendous. That is so good. You know what? Both Jim and Stacy come or cut out of the same cloth. It's like God, put put your hand in my 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 life. My I'm I'm a glove. You be the hand. Move me. Yeah. And guess yeah. what? God moved him so to cool. love other people. Absolutely. It's a powerful thing, guys. Let's get Jim in here from Indiana. What do you say, Jim? Hey guys, how are we doing today? Good, man. Thanks for calling in. Hey. What do you say? So I I found um, you know, a revenue to to really make good friendships is is in volunteering. Um, when you can go out there and and this is even outside of the church, but if you can find things that you're interested in, and you get around a, a group of people that are you know doing the same interest as you, but doing it to um, you know help people and, and just bring people up, um, you're gonna you're gonna make connections there and you're going to have relationships with these people uh that you won't believe yeah right on jim boom brother this is awesome you know what we're finding here one comment uh the three calls and here we've got a constant theme if it's if it's now this is counterintuitive because here's the weird thing what what every one of these calls are saying is if it's you focused it's the wrong angle. If it's them focused, the boomerang effect for you is going to be amazing. Right. That's the three testimonies that we've had here today. Give us a call right now. We've got a question for you guys. How did you find friends? Tell us. You're going to help somebody today. 312-274-9624. This has been big help already. I love it. Tremendous stuff, Boom Crew. That's why we call you the Boom Crew. Get to know the team behind the scenes. Check out Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. There's different levels of friendship. In fact, I put this in a blog that we're going to get out to you. There's distant allies. These are people that are around you, and this is the underground church in, in Iran. These are people that we won't know, but they're allies. We're in this fight together, right? Sure. And then you get church allies. And he, he, the Apostle Paul talks about the fact that we're parts of the body that are indispensable to one another. We need each other. Even some parts seem weaker, but are indispensable. That's out of 1 Corinthians 12. But then you get these inner circle allies. Peter, James, and John were that for Jesus. And so what we see modeled in Scripture is these concentric circles of the influence of people around us. And man, we've got to, you know, distant allies, we all have that in common. We're encouraged by words that we hear from the underground church or churches across town that are killing it and things like that. Absolutely. And then we've got church allies that gets a little bit, it gets a little dicier because sometimes we don't, when you're, when you're going to church and not be in the church, I'm not sure that you appreciate all the gifts of the body of Christ. I think that that can be a real challenge. So you got to move in toward the church for sure to, to appreciate those kind of friends and allies, those kind of, and I love the word allies because it just speaks of something even more than friends. It's right. Like I'm allied with you. But then you got inner circle allies, and Jesus himself illustrated this in the life that he lived. Fully God, fully man, yet he needed this inner circle. I mean, he said, hey, guys, can you stay awake? Mm -hmm. Watch and pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I was just there recently, within a few hundred feet of where Jesus would have been. Wow. 
That would have been a lonely road. And what Jesus is illustrating for us is we're all going to have Gethsemane moments. Who do we have that can watch and pray? Who do we have that we can call? Say, hey, would you, would you watch and pray? Yeah. We need that. So how did you find a friend? How did the Lord provide friendships for you? We've heard, gotten some good feedback on text message, one, and one in particular I can relate to. Someone said, I found friends in the mom's group at church. Hey, I am right there with you. That's where I found some of my best friends as well. Uh, what about you? Where did you find friends? How did God lead you to friendships? 312-274-9624. Trish in Bolingbrook, come on in here, sister. What do you say? Good morning. Uh, okay, so I where I worked, um, a girl who worked for me, oh, she just resisted me, and she was just, we did not get along, and I just was like, you know what, I'm going to love her, I'm going to love her, I'm going to love her, and it was tough, <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, Jesus broke through the shell, and now she's like one of my best friends, love her. Yeah. Love her. Wouldn't know what I'd do without her. There's something about persisting in some of those things, isn't there, guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting because here's a a layer to friendships that we want to hit. Sometimes your best friends aren't going to be anything like you. I love to talk about my buddy Jim Streelmeyer. He is, he's like, he's like the godfather of a spiritual movement in Indianapolis. Yes. He is known as one of the most righteous guys. He's I, I, he's still alumni of the year. Did they give a new alumni of the year? No, they uh, do that at yet. Founders Week. They do it at Founders Week. Yeah, so, so yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do it. Jim, you might have it for a year and a half because they <laughs> moved it to Founders Week in October. Yeah. But Jim Streetelmeyer and his wife, both they co-won uh, uh, alumni of the year. Jim and I couldn't be different, more different. We're so different yeah. from each other in so many ways, guys. And when he met me in the on, in the mission field, he's he's looking at me like, who does this guy think he is being a missionary? <laughs> and I looked at Jim just walking across a car lot, walking into a meeting room, and I thought, yeah, there's a missionary. So both of us had initial kind of yeah, hot takes yeah. on each other. A little bit of snap judgment. Snap judgments. And we became, honestly, man, I, there's no better guy that I'd want preaching my funeral than Jim Streetelmeyer. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? Yeah. So take your vitamins, Jim, if you're listening in Indy, because <laughs> I want you around here a long time. Do you have a friend like that? Someone that you can lay it out with? Someone that you can call when you're in your garden of Gethsemane moments. Someone that, I mean, is going to be there for you. We all have to have them. Tell us, how did you find a friend? 312-274-9624. Carl, coming up, can we do something? I want to uh, I want to role play a little bit. Okay. I'm going to present it's some common... scary every time. No, I'm I'm going to come into your office as a as a church member, and I'm going to present you with what... Are some common things that I hear that are struggles to friendships and put you on the spot to give me some good advice? We'll go for it. Straight ahead. This is Elevation Worship, guys. Same God. What a great topic today. Warning sign. Don't walk alone in this world. God's got answers. Helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Today we're talking about the warning sign of being alone. And if you go to Ecclesiastes 4, you get this central passage. It's this is this is crazy. You've heard about the woes that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. 
Matthew is just an awesome gospel. And Jesus just says, woe to you, man. You clean the outside of the cup, but inside you're filthy, man. You're like a travel mug that needs a scrubbing out. That's what Jesus says. Well, there's a woe here in Ecclesiastes for everyone. Yeah. Woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. And you might feel like that's you today. Father, just grab a hold of this heart right now that feels so alone. I just pray in Jesus' name that as a result of us brainstorming it here, talking about this today, that you would be the need meter in a powerful way. God, come on. Come on in, God. Minister. Powerfully provide. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Amen. Got a question for you that's outstanding here, guys. Yeah. It's a great question. How did you make friends? 312-274-9624. Katrina, first time caller in Chicago. What do you say, Katrina? Hi. Good morning. Good morning. So um, my friend, I met my friend in church. Um Grew up in church. It was a bunch of us kids, but there wasn't anyone who really synced with me. And I asked, I prayed for my friend. I prayed. I said, God, I need a friend. And that's when I met my best friend, my writer, Di Tracy. We have been friends for 42 years. Um, Totally different um, temperament. She's more like a Mother Teresa. I'm a little more of a rebel rouser. (laughs) I can Um, tell you're a rebel rouser. Ain't no doubt about it, (laughs) Katrina. Yeah. I mean, totally different. Um, When she was getting married, I was in college. And when I was starting my career, she was starting her family. I was the maid of honor in her wedding. I am the godmother of her first child. That's awesome. We have been rocking strong for 42 years. So you would say nothing like prayer to find your friend, right, Katrina? Absolutely. I I encourage our young people to say, Ask God for a godly friend. I mean, she is truly my ride or die, for real. That's awesome. Way to go, sister. Boom, right there. Love it. Triple booming you. Awesome. That's good. That's what we're talking about here, Boom Crew. We're talking about getting your feedback on how in the world do we find these friends. You notice how the common thread here is God. Mm -hmm. Submission to him. That's what, that's every call has had that is a thread in here somehow. It's really cool. What do you say, guys? How did you find a friend? 312-274-9624. Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carlin Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Well, you just heard about that epic trip to the Holy Land. 12 days. Moody Radio is going to pick up the expenses. So if you want to be entered in to win or have an opportunity to win, you and a guest flying what is happening with the distractions in the studio? Huh? I am struggling to get my words out because what? Young Thunder and Carl what? have decided to jump out of their seats mm-hmm. and start making wild hand motions. Wild hand motions. Are Not we wild. trying to distract each other? What were you talking Very about? What's going formal. on with this trip? The Israel trip. Okay. <laughs> trip to 312-274-9624. Why do I feel like I want to get away right now? Text the word trip <laughs> to 312-274-9624. Uncalled for. Man, that's rough. <laughs> was totally called for. All right. A little called for. <laughs> All right. So let's get to it. Uh, what? How do you find a friend? How do you find a friend? This going alone stuff. Woe to you who is alone and has no one to pick him up when they fall. What a what a woe, by the way, out of Ecclesiastes yeah. 4. And it's like that's cautionary. It's like don't walk alone. Ron in Indiana. What do you say, Ron? 
Well, I say good morning, and your show is delightful to listen to. I appreciate uh, that. I'm just going to focus kind of kind of briefly, just telling my story real quick. I'm 67 years old currently. I own a business. Um, I really haven't had any friends since college, so over 50 years. That's honest. And Or pretty close to 50. Anyway, um, about a year ago, my youngest brother had been uh, involved with a, a spiritual retreat every year for seven or eight years called The Great Banquet. Yeah. And he had invited some of my other brothers to go, but they kept putting him off. And I don't know if in desperation he turned to me or what, but after inviting them several times, he invited me. <laughs> and as it turns out, it was the perfect time because actually the loneliness was kind of creeping up on me and thoughts of suicide were beginning to creep in. And that, wow, you know, Ron. you push them away, but they keep coming back. Yeah. So I went and I met some really incredible guys. I put the effort in to get to know them at this just three days and begin bonding with them. And when we came out of there, I kept that effort up. So friendship requires work. You have to put things into it to get things out of it. And in turn, they invited me to go to Bible studies and other men's group, prayer groups, things like that, and connected in a larger way with a number of people. And I would say right now, honestly, I probably have 20 at least people that I would call good friends and a bigger community of 50 or 100 that I would call friends. Um, people that I will do whatever needs to be done for and they would do the same for me. Ron, so that's, just, that's a, that's a, I'm sorry. That, no, listen to me, bro. I want to tell you, that's one of the most precious stories I've heard. Because your vulnerability about where you were and how God pulled you out of there and just your sweet reflections on that time at the great banquet, what's come after it. Ron, you're a, you're a new man, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Completely. That's just so sweet, Ron. Wow. Boom, brother. I can't do this all the time, Boom Crew, but Ron, stay on the horn. I'm going to be a friend to you. We're sending you a Carl and Crew prize pack. You hang with us here, okay? Wow. We love you, bro. Thanks for calling in today, brother. I really appreciate that. Hmm. Great word. See, that's what's at stake here. Yeah. Ron laid it down. Wow. Uh, that's serious biz, guys. He used the word suicide. That was in his mind. Hmm. What an awesome, important topic we have here today. Right from the Word of God. We don't invent this stuff. You know what we do? We go to the Bible. We go to the Bible. The Bible's loaded with killer advice. We promised a resource. I want to make sure we get that to you. Uh, text the word FRIEND to 312-274-9624. This is a short read that talks about fa finding uh, your allies or your friends. Text FRIEND to 312-274-9624. All right. Allie, take it away. You want to you wanna do it right now or coming up? Uh, coming up minute and a half. Let's go after this. Okay, I've got what, some, what do we have? Some common uh, objections or concerns that come up when it comes to making friends that I'm going to pitch them to you as a pastor. Okay. Let's get after it straight in. Boom Crew. Celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. All right. We're talking friendships. So let's let's get to the real stuff, right? Let's get to the common objections 
that often come up when you think about friends. So, Carl, you're a pastor. I'm going to pretend that I am someone who goes to your church, and I'm going to come into your office with some questions. Okay, here you we ready? go. Yeah. Okay, Pastor Carl, I am have tried to make friends, and there are too many clicks at this church. I don't really see where I fit in. Yeah, clicks happen. By the way, parenthetical note, most pastors do everything they can to keep that from happening. Mm-hmm. But clicks happen, and my only appeal to you would be, it's you got a choice. We can focus on the clicks that are happening or the other people that aspire to have what you want to have, and we got to keep leaning in. We're always going to find clicks. They're always going to be here. Um, but don't fixate on the clicks. As a pastor, I want to tell you something, Allie. I know that there's a ton of righteous people in this church that don't want to be part of those, those are the ones I want you to seek out. And you're going to have to, another parenthetical as we've heard this morning here, leaning on my friends, God's going to have to lead you into these things. If you're leaning into them yourself, you're going to find probably those clicks more than you will that true friend that you need. That's one. Well, here's the challenge, though. I'm just one of those people. People don't really get me. This has been this way my whole life. People don't get me. I'm very unique. I'm kind of different. People don't understand me. I would venture to say every person that I've pastored has their incoming thought, that identical thought. So there's an interesting dichotomy here. We both feel like nobody gets me. But everybody feels the same feeling. I have not met one person that feels like, oh, I fit into the mainstream of population. There's the one-off person like that. So embrace your uniqueness. Don't become someone you aren't. But you're going to find that some of your richest friends are people that not only aren't like you, they aren't at all like you. But they'll get you because they have something bigger than themselves driving them, and that is God in them. That's what I would say. Well, here's the last objection. I'm going to be honest. I was at ABC Baptist up the street, and I got burned there. I made friends. I thought they were for me, and I got burned. And so I'm a little hesitant to be putting myself out there again because I don't want to get hurt. Okay, this is in my wheelhouse. Churches will burn you. You will get burned. Christian relationships will hurt. There is no question about it. But the essence of faith is risk. And I'm going to tell you this. You got to put yourself out there again. Because the option of walking alone in this world is not an option. So you've got to to jump in again. And I know what you're setting me up for, Allie, because there's people listening right now that feel that one maybe more viscerally than anything else. Yeah. That's a big one. It's a big one. I've been burned. Why even bother? Well, you have to. I mean, burned are us. It's not a toy store. It's the church. And we are, we, we've all been burned. But what's, what's the option if you've been burned? What are the options? The options are to, you know, obviously it's the, the pain of that sometimes never goes away and that's okay, but it's letting that pain control how you make decisions in the future uh, and isolating yourself completely, uh, which is not a healthy response. Or you can say, look, 
I am going to put myself out there again. And it's risky. And it's risky. And maybe I've learned some things as to, hey, I I know the types of people I can trust and I can't trust. And when I start to get that feeling, maybe I can disclose more to the people I know I can trust. However, you're, you're still always putting out a risk there. I, I'm going to ask you, though, to do this if you're listening right now and you've been burned in the past. I'm going to ask you to not close off like in a shell. I did a lot of clam digging as a kid growing up. And getting those clams to get those shells apart is tough. And a lot of Christians become like a clam in the sand. Don't do that. But here's what I'm going to say. As you open up and you begin to peek your head out again, look for two things in a friend. And number one, be this. Humble and teachable. The two things you've got to find in someone are someone who's humble and teachable. And someone who's humble is someone who has come to the end of themselves. They are well aware of the fact that they are not all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. And they're teachable. They're willing to learn and grow. They are out there. They're out there. Yeah. They're in, they're in churches. <laughs> and here's the amazing thing. Allie, all those three things that you mentioned, I'll bet at 180, I'll bet we've got a third to a half the people that feel these very same feelings. Oh, I mean, it's it's almost universal. I mean, and you you probably could think and come up with a couple more, but those three, the the clicks, the I people don't get me, the I've been burned. I mean, if you've heard that once, you've heard it a thousand universal times. claims, man. What an awesome topic. What an awesome group of folks in the Boom Crew, huh, guys? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If you haven't heard this this morning already and you're just waking up going, what I miss, you're going to have to get the showcast today. Super Dad, can we make sure all these testimonies are in the showcast? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and this has been epic. What's the common thread that we've heard here, Allie, today? Well, prayer has been one of a focus on really being led by the Lord and being a friend. We've had many people say, I learned that if you want to be a friend, you kind of have to, or want to have a friend, you got to be a friend. You got to show yourself friendly. Yeah. Yeah, you do. A couple little caveats here, and uh, I, I just feel prompted to give them right now. The best friends are not, and one thing that you need to know, your senior pastor and the associate pastors Unless you are in a close sphere working with them, they are not going to be able to be your friend. They can be a pastor more than they can be a friend. Right. Why is that, Allie? Well, when you think about the responsibility of a pastor to shepherd, uh, whether it's a church of tw- even a church of 25, can you imagine if a pastor tried to have a, f- a close friendship with even 25 people? Impossible. Jesus didn't do it. Right. And so it's just not part of the call of a pastor to try to build friendships with the people that he's shepherding. Nor his wife. Can't do it. Right. It's just tough. Can they be friendly? Yes. Can their gifts build you up? Yes. Do we benefit from each other even if there's 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 in the church? Absolutely. You ever been in a corporate worship service when the place is blowing up? We're benefiting. Sure. But friendship? Jesus had a small circle, and that's why we've got this blog for you. Think in terms of three concentric circles of friends or allies. This will help you a lot. Just text the word friend. We'll get you the link. Text friend to 312 
312-274-9624. Friend to 312-274-9624. Coming up here in a moment, we're going to talk about this problem in a really interesting way. I'm going to take you back to 1975. A song was released that the first time I heard it, I was en route to a funeral that was heartbreaking. I didn't know life could be like this. I didn't know people had feelings like this. We'll give that to you straight ahead. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. It's been happening all week long. We are flying here, guys. we got less than two hours left in this program, and we're going to redeem it to the max. We've been talking about warning signs all week today. The warning sign of walking alone. Woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. What a, what a verse. And I'm, I'm blown away. By the way, we're going to look at this. We're going to break it down here in a little bit. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 is epic because it shows this contrast of someone walking alone and the three huge benefits of having someone who is actually a dear friend. It's a powerful talk this morning that we're having. And so we've been asking you for your feedback on how you made friends, and we're, we're learning a lot. I mean, there's some of it's simple, but some of it is just some little Course corrections that you might want to make if you are needing friends. Yeah, absolutely. Well, coming up here in a moment, I just want to bring everyone together here around an event that happened back in 1975. A guy named Eric Carmen wrote a song. I didn't know anything about it until I'm driving down a road on a rainy day with a few other box boys from the grocery store, and we were heading to a beautiful girl's funeral. Give you the whole breakdown here. Coming up. Eric Carmen, I did a check on this in the first hour just to see what I was even feeling here, if that was right. And uh, everything comes together by the numbers. 1975, Eric Carmen released that song. It became a big hit. And oftentimes the big hits that we hear out there are a reflection of what's going on in people. Sure. Just are. Absolutely. And I walk into Carr's grocery store for my shift I'll never forget this day. And Moon Barrett, the guy that hired me, grabbed me when I walked in. He says, listen, you're going to get some tough news here, Carl. And I want to give it to you. Uh, Bobby took her life. She OD'd. And she's gone. I, I was dropped dead in my tracks, guys. I had never processed anything like that in my life. At 15 years of age, I'd never gone through anything like this. And I just could barely hear, believe my ears. I remember that my first break on my shift, I walked back. I didn't go back to the break room. I walked into the Payless area where I hung out with Bobby when I'd go talk to her. This kind, sweet, beautiful girl, truth be told, as a young man, probably really attracted to how beautiful she was, you know? Mm -hmm. 
and uh, told a few of my buddies, I said, yeah, I'd like to go to Bobby's funeral. And they all agreed because everybody loved Bobby. But Bobby apparently didn't feel the love. She had recently gone through a situation where her mom and dad were estranged. They were split in the sheets, and there must have been a lot of turmoil in her life and a lot of loneliness. And I went to the driving to the funeral that day, and this song played. And I just imagine this for a second. Just imagine this. So we're driving down the road, and it's raining. And Alaska rain is gloomy rain, man. We got to the uh, church, and we walk in. Sobs everywhere. In retrospect, now as a pastor, hopeless sobs. The pastor got up there and preached a message, but it had nothing to do with the hope of a future or anything like that. He was just trying to manage emotions. And there was on the front row and some of the pallbearers were Bobby's boyfriend who was, I don't know how old he was, but he was in a biker gang. And, and I'm thinking in my heart, why in the heck is she hang out with these guys, man? Yeah. And she was just looking for love. And the word got around that Bobby was just hurting the whole time. Felt so alone. Felt like not a friend in the world. And I knew as a 15-year-old boy, I said, in my heart, I'm thinking, Bobby, these, these boys could never be a friend like some other guys could have been to you. Yeah. But Bobby was gone. You know, you live life saved by the power of God, become a pastor, get in the people business, and you realize, man, there's a lot of pain in this world. And today, mental health experts are saying people have never felt so alone. We had a guy call in here. Ron just called in here a little bit ago. Went 50 years of his life without a friend. From, He said the last time I had friends was in college until he was in his 60s. 40, 50 years of his life without a friend. And God met him when he had suicidal thoughts. And gave him a friend that he needed. And our heart today is to remedy the problem. And God's got answers, doesn't he, guys? Yes. He's got hope. He does. He's got hope. And what I want to do right now is, Ali, I want you to pray for those that feel all by myself and their cry is, I don't want to be all by myself anymore. Yeah. And let's just pray. Lord, we come to you knowing that. Many are feeling this right now. And God, you know intimately this story of every person who's feeling so alone right now. God, I pray that you would show yourself to be a friend, that you are the friend who will not leave or forsake us. Lord, I pray that that the person who's lonely right now would experience your friendship and that you would also lead them to other people. God, people who love you, people who are going to love them. God, I pray that you would begin to put lives together, Lord, people who've been alone for years. God, I pray that you would bring to mind the person that they need to reach out to, God, that you would uh, bring a text message or a phone call or a letter in the mail today, God, to remind people that they are not alone, that the lie from the enemy that says that we're alone, that we're not loved, that we're not worthy, that we're not valuable. God, I pray that you would silence the voice of the enemy right now. 
and that what would be felt across Chicagoland is a peace knowing that you are the friend and, Lord, that there are others who love you and know you who will be a friend to us. Lord, I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, and let it be. Woe to him, him who is alone. When he falls, he has not another to lift him up again. But that's not the end of Ecclesiastes 4. Coming up, we're going to give you some hope. Three ways that a friend can do something for you that you cannot do alone. And it is sweet. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. You're a pal and a confidant. Wait, that doesn't sound like the original version. I'm this is actually oh, the, the original, original version. Is it? Yes. Okay, so then the one played for what was it? Golden, Golden Girls, Girls was yes. a different, was an adaptation. Yeah, yes. this is this is. Oh. When did this come out? 1978. When was the Golden Girls version? Uh, I don't know. Hey, that has to be 80s. It, yeah, yeah, a little later. Kind of like the Golden Girls better. Well, it's definitely more classic, just because people know it from the show. Right. Listen to this. Turn it up. Good stuff, man. Okay, it's Carl and Crew Mornings helping you take your next step with Jesus. So, Carrie, you think people sometimes are more open to friendship than they give off vibes? Tell us about it, Carrie. Uh, absolutely. I'm so glad you played that song. It's one of my favorites. It's hard not to sing along. Um, but... And the Toy Story one, too. Um, I, uh, a while ago, um, I remember I was looking for deeper uh, friendships, like what Allie was just talking about. Not just the superficial acquaintance thing. You can have a ton of those. But I was looking for something deeper. And I realized that I think maybe I, I think I wanted it a little too easy. Like, I thought it would just come because, you know, I saw people having friends. And I didn't realize that I wasn't really putting myself out there, that it's not so much that you have to make an effort because friendships really should come naturally. We're drawn to people for a specific reason, but it's more of you have to be open to it. You have to put that first foot forward and almost realize what God gifted you with, like what you can bring to the table in the friendship, because it really is like a marriage relationship, you're bouncing off of each other. So when you realize you have something to bring and you put yourself out there, all of a sudden these doors will open. It just, it, it just happens because um, you finally opened yourself up to it. You're not closed off. And yeah. I saw that happen in my life, so I know it's possible. It's just um, a matter of realizing what you're giving off in a situation. Um, sometimes like your head's down or you're just nervous or you're not realizing that you actually can bring something to a friendship. Yeah. And then, and then people are kind of drawn to you. I carry, there's something true about it. You know, there's body language experts that have, boom, Carrie, by the way, um, there's body language experts. You know, if you're trying to make a friend, you get your arms crossed arms, in front of you. Arms crossed. I know. Sometimes I'll have to <laughs> consciously unfold my arms. Yep. Like, don't, That's me. don't look unfriendly. Yeah. Drop yeah. your arms, Allie. Drop your arms. <laughs> <laughs> Self-talk with Allie. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Look friendly. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Karma, first-time caller from Chicago. What do you say? Yes. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. What do you say, Karma? 
I am an Uber driver, so I have experience with all kinds of people that get in my car, people who cry, people who laugh, people who um, just got beat up. I mean, I, yeah. it's just crazy things that I've seen, and I have this connection with God, Jesus, and angels. All you have to do is ask him for whatever you need, and he will answer you. Now I have so many friends, I don't even know how to keep up. I have to put them on calendars. They ask me to go on trips. Yes, India. Yes, going on June. Oh, my God. Puerto Rico. I have family from Puerto Rico. Oh, my God. There's people from the Philippines and different places everywhere that gets in my car and they never want to leave out of the car. Oh, that's funny. From Uber driver to world traveler. Now, let me ask you a question. Here's here's what I'm dying to ask you, Karma. There... Is there as much pain out there as we're hearing about a lot of ice? You must see it. You must see people in pain that plop down in your car. They just believe it. Yes, it is very true. I could write a book. It's Mm. just unbelievable. I got this one guy. uh, He was hiding in the bushes trying to wait for him. I was like, oh, my God, I don't see anybody. Where is he at? He come running in my car. Go, 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 go. I was like, what? He's like, someone's after me. I said, well, let's go. Just tell me about it. How are you? Everything's okay. Trying to calm him down. Oh my! Now he just calls me on the e- emails all the time for advice, and emails is just, is just consistent. Sister, you got you your really own. You could write a book, Confessions yeah. of an Uber Driver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to start calling you Uber Pastor Karma. That's who Absolutely. you are. You're Uber Pastor. Way to go, yeah. sister. That's awesome. Boom, Trist, sister. First time caller from Chicago, right there. That's what we're talking Prayer about. For her, guys. So my goodness. Good. I don't know if I'm, I don't know. Some daddy comes jumping out of the bushes looking for his ride. (laughs) I might've been driving away before he got to the car. I don't know if I'd have been unlocking that door. Who are we running from? Let's be clear. (laughs) Are we running from the popo or are we running from a bad dude? Oh man. Oh wow. Oh my goodness. Hang on. We're not done yet. Coming up straight ahead. More killer bumper music here. Yep. Some of your favorites about friendship. And we're going to break it down. Text us your favorite song about friendship. There's oh a Lord. lot of them. You might determine what we play next. Text us your favorite song about friends. 312-274-9624. And the, what's the one that popped into my head that I think most people will connect with on this radio station? <laughs> what is the one that popped into my head? I know it. Do you know I, it? I know it. Do you I know, know it, it Super Dad? I'm pretty sure Allie, I know do you know it. it? What's the one that popped in my head that most people are going to say, yeah, to say that's it? it? Do you want us to nope. pull it up and we'll play it? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, op- we'll open. I, I've got it right we'll here. We'll open right after news. Hang on. That's coming up. Lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you It's good right here. Please swallow your pride. You hear that? This is good writing.
Carlin Crew Mornings, helping you take your next step with Jesus. We all need somebody to lean on. By the way, Peter Worrell, if you're listening right now, I need you to call in. You had a great insight earlier, and uh, we need you to call in. He's got a he's got a great hot take on friendship, and this is great. When we got Moody Profs traveling down the road, interacting with us, I know, right, I love this it. is great. Peter Worrell, call in right now. Tell him, Carl yes. said, get okay. in here. All right? I want to hear what you have to say, Peter. Peter's a rich dude in faith, yes. man. Yes. Awesome guy. We're asking you, what's it take to, how'd you find that friend? How'd you find that friend? We know we need him. We've got mental health crisis across this nation right now. Post-pandemic, really the kind of the implosion of our culture, the absence of some of the usual institutions that allowed us to have friendships. Mm-hmm. There's this book. I forget the exact title, uh, Death of a Bowling Alley. Ten years ago it came out. My son was talking to me about this. He's like, this book was like prophetic. And the book is talking about the structures of our society that began to crumble that allowed us to have friendships. And if you think about it, guys, listen, we barely go out for food anymore. We see a guy with a bag on the front porch and bring it in, and then we're back in the hole again. Sometimes yeah, we just tell true. him to leave it at the door, and then we'll go oh, pick it up on our you're own. you're hitting me hard here, man. That's good. That's yeah. true. Uh, bowling Alone, The Collapse and Revival of American Community. There is it is. Is the one you're bowling talking about? Alone, bowling yeah. Alone, yeah. Yeah, Bowling Alone. Uh, and guys, I got to tell you, it's, it's almost prophetic what's happening here because we've got this collapse of institutions. And one of the sad things is I know an entrepreneur that is launching a new digital service that's an, a digital concierge that's helping people connect with other professionals who have a like-minded pursuit. He's charging $500 a month for people to join a service to find friendships that are going to help them grow. And guess what? There's no lack of people signing up for yeah. this thing. Yeah, I mean, you what? think about the popularity of like a LinkedIn, which is a networking site. And then obviously you have your Facebook and your Instagram and then other social media, Twitter, where people are searching for some form of connection. Yeah, it's big. It's it's all over out there. How do we make friends? Peter Worrell, thanks for coming in here, my man. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Peter? Uh, I'm commuting to Chicago, so uh, I've just pulled over to make sure that I can call you and not cause a crash. There we go. (laughs) All right, give us what's on your heart this morning on this hot topic that we're hitting, Peter. Well, the the first thing is that uh, your your callers have have kind of said about it, but they haven't explicitly laid it out. I was was fighting for friends and and trying to make some... some friends when I was going through my depression and I was talking with a, one of the Moody counselors just casually and they said about bidding and, and what they said is that you tend to share uh, one-to-one on a kind of level. So you say, hey, you know, I'm from Chicago. They say, hey, well, you know, I'm from Minneapolis. And you say, well, hey, I, I uh, like pizza. And they say, well, you know, I like pizza too. And then you say, well, I, I like the Vikings. They say, I like the Bears. And you're like, oh, well, I, I don't know about that. And then you say, oh, you know, I was abused as a child. And they're like, wait, where did that come from? <laughs> and 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 so you, you go at a level and you dig deeper and deeper. And then finally you, you get to a place where you can – you can share really intimate secrets, but some people I've been on retreats and stuff. They're like, "Hello, how are you? I, I was abused as a child," and and that's very very serious. And and the people around them might not know how to cope with that and and deal with that. But uh, so you're saying you've bid, got to know, okay. So you're saying bidding bid. gets you down to that level. I love that word. To kind of find out yeah. if it's if that friendship is one where you're both going to go deeper. 
Yes, exactly. Okay. And then you pay it off and you pay it off and you pay it off and you pay it off. And then the other thing I was just texting in about is uh, that actually um, you oh, – I've just forgotten what I was going to say now. No, you, but, you were uh, saying that the friendship is – you called it a second-level virtue. What do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. okay. So what it is is that we, we sometimes want to jump into a friendship, and, uh, and it isn't that easy, actually, to jump into a friendship. But what you've got to do to begin with – is you've got to actually invest in other people without return necessarily. So you invest in other people and you, you see what you can give to other people. And then what happens in that is that finally somebody will invest something back in you. And, and you'll, you'll find that a friendship grows out of that. But some people think, well, you know, I invested in that and it didn't work. Well, that's great. Give that to God and say, look, God, I'm investing in this person for your sake and I, I hope that they grow and but then just keep doing that. And one person, and in my case, it would be Ken Gates, uh, was, was one of the first people who kind of invested back in me. Uh, and, and I really appreciate that. Peter, those are good words, man. That's, good. That's profound stuff. Peter Worrell, everybody, one of the profs right here at Moody. See right there, this, this is who you want your kids around. No, no joking. Mm-hmm. This is who you want your kids around. That's a banner ad for sending your kids to Moody Bible Institute. That's a banner ad. That's a professor. Love this guy. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Thanks for calling in. (sighs) Hope he doesn't like the Vikings. (laughs) (laughs) It's Carly Crew Mornings taking your calls, guys. How do you find that friend? Tell us, how did you make a friend? 312-274-9624. Arizona. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, I'm sixth grade, Tempe, Arizona. I'm hearing that song. Such a good one. I mean, that is just, that's just something. So many songs about friendship. Why? Yeah. Because I think it's a common knowledge that we all need friends. We need friends. None of us want to be lonely. And we've had some amazing input today. I think the big red thread of redemption through this whole morning has been lean into God on this thing. Really, I mean it. It's been the that's been the red thread of redemption through this whole thing. Lean into God on this thing, and really trust Him. If you come at it from a cerebral like, "All right, where's my friend?" No, no, no. But if we go, "Whoa, God, where is my friend out there?" 
And will I be that friend? Scott, great feedback by text message from 8541. Two things I've found helpful to build a friendship. First, serving with people builds a friendship. Secondly, after living most of my life in one area, we moved 1,200 miles away not knowing anyone. It became clear that I had to stop sitting back and waiting for others to become my friend. I had to look at where I could invest in others. This is not my nature, so I have to keep pushing myself, but investing others has been a great learning experience. Yeah, it's wonderful. Wonderful feedback. Bob Lake in the Hills, how would you find your friend? Uh, good morning. Well, this is a testament to prayer and taking a risk. Uh, I had been praying for a best, I had many good, many good friends, but a best friend uh, in faith. And I was heading to Colorado to a Christian learning conference and getting on the plane, stood behind a guy on the, on the, the, the walkway, had a really cool hoodie on with a verse. I said, hey, man, nice hoodie. He said, oh, cool, thanks. Where are you headed? to Colorado. He said, Oh, wow, what are you going there for? So I named the conference. He says, that's why I'm going. I said, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So we sat a couple rows apart in the plane, and he gets into an evangelism conversation on the plane with the people he's near. So I'm praying for him. We get off the plane. I'm like, man, you really knocked that out of the park. <laughs> and we're like, well, we're going to the same conference. Let's get the same Uber. And then we were early, so we sat down and got some lunch. We're like, why don't we save some money and just share a hotel room? Oh, my goodness. Oh. You guys got on the fast track. Bob Lincoln <laughs> in the Hills. Way to go, man. That's, That's it out of the park there, now, man. I'm now, listening. I, I'm going to tell you, it's some people, that, that, that brings me back to the $400 one-time fee. You can fly anywhere in the United States oh. with... Frontier. That was, right. a, that was a story we had earlier. That's right. So get on a plane somewhere. That's Bob's story. You know what? Sometimes they happen that way. Sometimes they're a little more slow. Yes. And I think most more often than not, it's going to be a slower process than that. Let's go back to the phones. Roberta from Chicago, tell us, how, how did you make a friend? Oh, well, first of all, we started out as a church group many, many years ago, and it was a smaller group, and we did a lot of the community things together, and we were younger, and our kids were younger, so we got to do things together good for the community and got to know each other better that way, and then it expanded. It expanded into doing personal things like barbecues and picnics and weddings and funerals even, and when one of us weren't feeling good, we were all there for each other, and I have to tell you, a couple of weeks ago, we've always had a holiday get-together, a yearly you know, get-together we did. We celebrated our 50th year. Wow, wow, This is how wow. you do friends. Yeah, that's Through how you do Through the friends. years, you do good, and then you expand that into the friendships and then stay there for each other. Yeah, so. yeah that is Roberta, awesome. that's awesome. Okay, guys, let's get one more in here. Let's go to Rachel from Glen Ellen. Uh, Rachel, you're reading a book that's helping you with friendships. Tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, guys. Um, So I'm reading a book right now called The Six Conversations, um, Pathways to Connecting in an Age of Isolation and Incivility. It's kind of a long, lengthy title, but it's written by Dr. Heather Holloman, who I know has been. Yes, we've had her on to talk about that book. Oh, my God. I can't even begin to express what a difference this book has made in my ability to connect with not only people I love, like my husband, who you'd think I'd be able to have a a deep conversation with, but also um, in one particular instance, a work colleague um, who, you know, it's typically business as usual, right? We talk shop, you know, what have you done for me lately sort of thing uh, in business. And just by asking some, you know, specific questions that allowed her to, I guess, feel seen. And um, one of the questions was, 
Um, what is something that you wish more people asked you about or what more people knew about you? And that just flew the floodgates wide open and allowed me to then learn more about her and then be there for her in some really um, serious times in her life, the, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a, of a baby. And it, it ultimately what it did is it created this trust between her and I. So good. And I, I wasn't even sure if she was saved or not. You know, you kind of teeter that line and you talk about the Lord and you don't get too much feedback. Well, she reached out to me a couple of weeks ago and oh, I'm going to get emotional, but she said, have you watched the show, The Chosen? And I said, no, I haven't. I've heard about it. And she said, well, um, after talking to you and watching that, it's just made me fall in love with Jesus. And it's become such an important part of my life. And so now every morning I text her with a screenshot of the devotion that I'm doing. And it's just by creating a real connection, it has allowed me to further my testimony and open the doors for her to understand what it means awesome. to have an authentic relationship with Jesus. Boom. It's phenomenal. Turn it up! No one told you that was gonna be this way. Your job's a joke, you broke. Your life's been away. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. Ah, you chiming in. I'm just lip singing. Carla Koo, morning's up and you take your next step with Jesus. And what if it is stepping into the life of someone beginning to explore? Man, do I have a friend in you, someone who's going to be there for you. We're getting a lot of feedback here. You know, you hear a song like that in everybody's mind. It instantly goes to the, the TV show Friends, yes. which set up, I think, for a lot of people, this idea that I should have this kind of close-knit rat pick group of friends is that obviously that lots of worldly things i'm not promoting yeah, the show yeah. or any of the messaging but is that a worthy aim that i have this pack of people that i can trust and that i live life with well you know i had that pack did you yeah i did i had that pack and i got saved and i lost that pack mm, okay yeah my rat pack disappeared they left the, it. Okay. the minute the minute i didn't have a gram of cocaine in my left pocket my rat pack was gone. Okay. So you got to make sure you're rat packing around the right things. Mm-hmm. So I'd say a spiritual rat pack can be an awesome thing. But in the middle of a rat pack, have you ever noticed you've been in a rat pack before and you realize and no other rats know what's in my heart? Yeah. Like we have a lot of fun together. We hang out. Yeah. But do they, am I really known? I mean, my rat pack, when I was running strong, none of those dudes knew that I was crying in the corner of my bedroom when I had a house party one day and cocaine was flying, but I was empty. Yeah. It's, it's a good. Nobody knew it's that. It's a good reminder. Because sometimes you can idealize this uh, this sense of having this group of friends and we all hang out together. But 
Unless it's united around the Lord. It's, it's, it's got the potential to be exponentially better. Yeah. Mila, go ahead. You're on with Carlin crew. Hi. Go ahead, Mila. We just got a second. How do you make a friend? Oh, Mila, you're in third grade. I just saw that. Oh, oh, go oh, ahead. Tell oh. us your story. Thanks for listening to the so, show. So I met her in pre-K. Um, and we've been best friends. Um, and whenever somebody picked on me, like, she was like, hey, like, stop, back off. She, she's, um, she's in third grade, but, uh, you, like, like a fourth grader, uh, if anybody, like, picked on me, she was like, hey, stop, don't do that. That oh, is so, awesome. Myla! So Way to go, sister. Stay on the horn. We don't have a, we got a modified Carlin crew prize pack for you. That's right. I want a modified pack going out to my location. Yeah, we'll do that. You have a great day at school, sweetheart. Thank you for calling in this morning. Wow. Oh, man. Well, precious girl. That was so sweet. Love that. What a darling. So cute. Keep a friend like that, Myla. You got, if you got a third grader that's got your back, it's a big deal. You got a friend. Yeah. Going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. We have a special guest with us this morning. His name is Charles Causey. He formerly served as the pe- in the Pentagon as the senior army chaplain. He's also currently serving as the command chaplain stationed in Honolulu, Hawaii. He's written a couple of books, including one that we're featuring today. It's called Candor, The Secret to Succeeding at Tough Conversations. Well, good morning, Charles. Thanks you so much for being with us here today. Hey, good morning. It's my privilege. Um, thankful that you asked me to be on the show. All right, let's jump in. I got to know the secret. I, we're not saving the punchline here. What in the world is the secret, or are there more than one, to having really tough conversations that go well? Yeah, I think uh, the most important thing is that if it's sensitive in nature to do these conversations one-on-one because it's all about love, and it's all about protecting the dignity of the mm. person you're speaking with. Mm. That dignity piece is huge, isn't it? It is, because sometimes we want to have an emotional outburst. Things that are said trigger things in our life, maybe from our past. And we want to have an emotional declaration and call somebody a jerk or how can you say that? Or do you realize, you know, how you're treating this person right now? But when we realize that our emotions are getting carried away and we might offend a brother or a sister, then that's when we need to take a strategic pause. There's a gap there that we can take and and think to ourselves, hey, this is probably best done in private. So maybe just saying, hey, can I have a word in private after the meeting might be the most wise thing to do. Now, we've seen a cultural shift, certainly, where uh, people are a little bit more hesitant. There's a sensitivity factor. I know people get on Gen Gen Z and millennials for being overly sensitive, but it's not just mm-hmm. the younger folks. I think everybody's gotten a little uh, a little shy about saying something that might offend someone. Do you see that? Yes, uh, people are very reticent. We live in a different society today than we did even a few years ago. When I wrote Candor, it was before. The 2020, actually the 2016 election cycle, when I don't know if you remember back in 16, 17, people weren't even wanting to go home for Thanksgiving because yep. they knew the conversations were going to be bad. And yep. then 
that was before the 2020 election. I mean, there, there's been so much that has happened to polarize everybody. And I, I really think we're in an emotional civil war in some ways in our nation. But I think that's why it's so important, though, to speak the truth in love when needed to benefit others. I want to key on this emotional civil war. Now, you, you're you a military guy, a recipient of a bronze star for your service in Iraq. What Thank do you, you mean emotional civil war? What does that mean? It seems like things are very polarized now. And you can't even, because of words saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat or I'm a conservative or I'm liberal, these words immediately put up boundaries in people's lives and they, they it triggers them to not want to talk to you or be mad at you or think that you voted a certain way or that you wouldn't support, you know, this person or this cause. With us right now, Charles Causey, author of Candor, The Secret to Succeeding at Tough Conversations. Well, coming up, I want to wrestle with something here, Charles, because in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, before you wade into these crucial conversations, make sure that you are living a self-examined life. Get the log out of your own eye before you go looking for the speck in another. How does that factor into candor? Should we have an honest time of introspection before we wade into that crucial conversation? More with Charles Causey straight ahead. Want to put faces to their names? Just follow Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget, that's Carl with a K. We've got Charles Causey with us right now. He's currently serving as a command chaplain in Hawaii, recipient of the Bronze Star for his military service in Iraq. He's featuring a book that he wrote. It's called Candor, The Secret to Succeeding at Tough Conversations. So, Charles, Jesus is really clear. He says, uh, don't be judgy. Don't be an angry Christian. And know that all the kind of perceptions that you have of this world, you've been saying that we have these relational civil wars right now. People are not, they're very slow to have conversations. But he says, Jesus said, before you wade into these, know that the the same kind of perception and approach that you have toward people, it'll come back to you. And then he says, get the log out of your own eye first before you try to get the speck out of another. A lot of people look at a book called Candor, and they're tempted to say, yeah, that's what I need in my life. I need to have more candor. (laughs) But Jesus says, before you have candor, have some self-examination. What's your take on that, Charles? Absolutely. One of the most important, it was the hardest chapter for me to write, was a chapter in here called Blistering Honesty with Self. And part of that is, what are others commenting about your behavior? Is there any truth to what they're saying? And just some self-introspection. Are, are you living a double life? Are you having, do you have a false self that you present to others? Are you wearing a mask? A little example of this, my youngest son, there was one Easter Sunday and there were visitors in our church. So we had him over for lunch on Easter Sunday, a family in our home and all our kids were sitting around and we were all there. And I prayed and my youngest son, immediately after the prayer in front of everybody, he goes, dad, why do you pray longer prayers when we have company? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that, that in a little spot, right? <laughs> From the mouths of babes. And he was about 10 years old. And I said, that's a great question, Isaiah. I will have to talk to you about that later. And, <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> as I did, I mean, he really put me on the spot. Oh, and, that's uh, heavy. I'm feeling that for you right now, Dad. <laughs> so later on, I talked to him. And I, I had to admit, I said, you know what? 
that that's interesting. You he he's our little noticer on different things and conversations with me. And I said, you know, it probably is that I'm trying to impress them, and there's something in my life that is saying I I want these people to like me more and to like our family. And I said, you've noticed something that, you know, it's kind of false in me or duplicitous. So I, I thank them for that. There are times when candor from the mouths of babes are good. <laughs> and there's other times when it's sort of bad. My, my other son, when he was 10, he told my boss one time that he thought, I thought he was a mean leader. <laughs> so we had to, we had to deconflict that a lot. Oh, it's, it's funny. The kids shush. see everything. So your kids, have, your kids have candor down, Pat, <laughs> right? I, that's probably where I learned. <laughs> well, I am curious, Charles Causey, our guest right now. I'm curious what drove you to write a book like this. Was this an area where you thought, I feel like I need some self-improvement, so I need to really learn in this area and I'll write as I go? Or was this something that you had really grown in and thought, let me, let me put down what I've learned? You know, candor is a... It's used in the military quite a bit. I've had commanders that, and this was years ago, they said, Kazi, you owe me candor. It's like a debt that mm. I needed to pay them to serve them. And as I thought about it, I thought, you know, in civilian life and in a lot of society, we don't have a lot of candor because I, I worked in church for years before I joined the military. And I, I could see how candor could really benefit church boards and the, the social fabric of our lives within a, the Christian community. And so I started studying this word a few years ago, and I found out that it truly, candor is forthright honesty. It's derived from the Latin word candere, which means to shine or glow, and it's where the word candle comes from. And it used to be considered a gift to give people candor. As you all brought up earlier, now it's almost seen as, how, you know, how dare you talk mm -hmm. to me with such openness and honesty, but yeah. that's not how it always has been. Yeah, the parallel here is not lost on us. So I I want to give you a final word here on something, but considering the fact that you earned recipient of a bronze star for your service in Iraq, for which I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. How, what thank are you. the, what are the parallels? Because when you serve in a war zone, if you don't have candor, someone's going to die, right, Charles? I mean, some, something's going to go south here. Uh, you, Absolutely. You, Absolutely. You must see that parallel in life, in civilian life. It's true. In civilian life, you're not always making critical life and death decisions. But as you can imagine, if military reports aren't accurate and totally upfront, then, as you said, it puts people's lives in danger. So in the military, you have to be honest and, and have honest assessments all, all the way up the chain. You know, one of the things that happened recently, I, I've made friends with a, a soldier that is from, she was born and raised in China, but then she came over, became an American citizen, and she's been in the military now for 20 years. And she said that in China, there's no word for candor. They don't, they don't talk about it. They don't practice it. It's not, it's not something that they define. And she tried to define it for me. And the closest that she could come in her language, and she spelled out the Chinese letters, but she said, sugar-coated bombshell, which I thought was so interesting. <laughs> In that it's powerful, you know, it's that, that iron hand and a velvet fist, but how I present it in the book is that it's not to hurt people, it's to love people, and it's only given when needed to benefit others, not to satisfy some deep emotional need in our own life. Charles Kazi, everybody. Again, thank you for serving, Charles. And the name of the book is Candor, The Secret to Succeeding at Tough Conversations. You can go to moodybooks.org, moodybooks.org. 
Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.